What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Josh Coker here. And in today's podcast, because it is the first podcast, I'm going to, one, tell you who I am, two, explain what a polymath is and why the polymathic paradigm is so important for you to understand so that you can reach your fullest potential. And then three, we'll discuss what to expect from the podcast moving forward. I hope that sounds interesting. I look forward to seeing you guys there. So let's get right down to business. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Josh Coker here from Polymathics, the podcast channel that helps you become a modern-day renaissance man, and more importantly, reach your fullest potential. In today's episode, since this is the first episode I'm kicking off the podcast, what I want to do is give you guys an idea of what to expect, uh, maybe a quick definition of what a polymath is, some examples, and also tell you a little bit about myself. And actually, I'll probably do that in reverse order. So... Let's just get started. For those of you that don't know who I am, my name is Josh Coker. I am a author of both fiction and nonfiction books, uh, courses on writing fiction. I own a small independent publishing company that is veteran owned and operated. And it's, it's called Story Ninjas. And what we try to do is help people share their story with the world because a lot of people out there have a story or a book they want to write whether they're an entrepreneur a business owner a fiction writer like an aspiring author or something like that someone who wants to write a memoir or someone who just wants to write a book because like it's been their dream or they want to write it for their kids they want to have some sort of legacy type of tool to pass down that's what we do so in a nutshell, that's who I am. I have a a blog or a vlog. Sorry, I have a well. I do have a blog called Polymathics, the same as this. I have a vlog on YouTube. Um, I'm all over the place, so you can check me out. Most of my stuff is either under Josh Coker or Josh Miss Prime. So that's that's me in a nutshell. That's who I am. That's what I do. And as I alluded to in the beginning of this session, sorry, I'm, I'm still like getting used to this whole like, I'm not talking to a camera, I'm, I'm just recording. Podcasting is a little different than vlogging, but the point, as I alluded to, the point of this podcast is going to be to help you reach your fullest potential. And the reason why it's called polymathics is because I believe that a person who is exploring all the different facets of themselves is going to be able to reach their fullest potential and reach mastery in those key areas much faster. And that is essentially what the whole polymathic paradigm revolves around. For those of you who have never watched my YouTube channel or don't know anything about a polymath, the, the term comes from the Greek, and it's broken into two root words, poly meaning many, and mathos meaning subject. 
So when you put the two together, what it means is many expertise. Literally, that's what it means. But back in the Renaissance time, this, this meant essentially a Renaissance man, an everyman, a universal man, someone like Leonardo da Vinci, who I would say serves as the, the archetype, so to speak, of this polymath type of individual, someone who has expertise in various fields, and the main difference between a polymath and a jack-of-all-trades, because this comes up a lot, this is a big misnomer, is that a polymath, uh, or let's look at it the other way, a jack-of-all-trades is a, is a master of none, but a polymath is a master of some. And those things that they master, it's going to be different per each individual. But the, the level of mastery and depth that they go into based on their innate talents and interests is going to give them such a vision in those fields that they're going to be able to connect the dots between seemingly unrelated topics. They're going to find connections and, that what's a, and those, are, those connections are what allow polymaths to act so efficiently in the world, so effectively and sometimes even come up with new groundbreaking approaches to doing things. And <clears throat> these can be as little as uh, someone who works in an office and they see, you know, they've been working in the office for five years, maybe they love to do databases and they, you know, they've been doing this, doing this, doing this. And for whatever reason, 10 years ago, the policy was set that, you know, you're going to do X, Y, and Z first before you do A, B, and C. And then this person comes along and because of their, their skills and expertise, they see that there's a faster, more effective way to do things based on new technologies that, that have come out, based on the way that the world has changed. And therefore, they, they use that to then change the formula and say, and again, this is just some random example, but they, they'll say, you know, now it's actually two times faster or more effective to do A, B, and C than X, Y, and Z. Um, that is the kind of process. And just to give you guys an idea of like, what are some modern examples of polymaths that are well known? These are, and the only reason I'm using these is to help people identify with who, like what is that polymathic paradigm look like in real life? Someone like Steve Jobs. Someone like Oprah Winfrey, someone like Einstein, um, the Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ever, I get heat for this all the time. Every time I bring up his name, but you got to think about it, okay? Like Arnold started out as this, uh, you know, poor kid from I think Austria, right? He 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 didn't grow up in America. He didn't have a lot to to go off of. And he had this dream of becoming a bodybuilder and, and he watched like a lot as much as he could of what was broadcast of like bodybuilding and magazines and um, through various events in, in his life like first he, he became a bodybuilder then he became like a world champion bodybuilder then after that he set his sights on believe it or not real estate this is something that people don't know he moved to America got into real estate and actually made his first couple millions doing real estate, renting out properties. A lot of people don't know that. Then through that, 
he transitioned into movies because that's again he was just following his innate passions and desires and focusing on his strengths by doing that he he as we all know he became a blockbuster movie star and then from there his passions transitioned over to politics and and as we all know he eventually became the governor of california and he continues to evolve and through that process that's a very good example of how someone who didn't come from money who didn't come from like a well-educated background can rise to the ranks but moreover some people might say well yeah but that's just arnold schwarzenegger and whether you like his acting or you don't like his acting or or you like his politics or you don't like his politics the man is a force to be reckoned with and he has brought in a lot of change in all those different fields that we've discussed and it's because he had such a deep connection with the dynamics of those fields like the social dynamics of those fields and the um like the, the of course he had some innate talents in those things but talent doesn't get you everywhere right you I will take passion and drive over talent every day because a lot of people and and people point to the fact well Arnold Arnold had like just this chiseled body but they don't realize that back in that day in that time frame for movies in particular um that was actually a hindrance a lot of directors would tell him hey you're not going to fit on the screen we can't put you in a movie and then let's not forget i mean everybody knows arnold can't speak english that well he's much better now than he used to be but <clears throat> he had to go to speaking classes he had to go to acting classes so it's not like he just came to america and people started throwing money at him that's that's how a lot of times we envision these things but that's not the case same thing with einstein if you look at einstein <clears throat> he he didn't just like one day like he he didn't just wake up and say oh hey the theory of relativity just came into my mind because I'm a genius no he spent years and years and hours at a patent office constantly doing these thought experiments where he would try to figure out the physics of things and through years of doing this and developing ideas and writing them down eventually he came to the the theory of relativity and various other things that we still use today e equals mc squared and and things of that nature the point is well, well let me use one more example someone else brought up oprah winfrey everybody now knows oprah winfrey as one of the most influential women in the world uh not many people may know unless they're in the business world that she also is like a multi-billionaire okay she owns various companies, she owns a magazine, TV show, all this stuff. Um not a lot of people know that. But what people don't know even more is like when she grew up. She grew up I don't want to say in the hood, but like in a very like in a poverty-ridden area. And for it's been a while since I read up on her story, but from what I recall, she was like abused, verbally abused. She uh had to have a, a an abortion or a miscarriage or something like that very early on because of uh, like the environment that she was in like i think 16 years old or something like that and then sometime in that same time frame 
She even went to, I think, Juvenile Hall or Detention Center or something like that. She did not come from the best of places. But because she had the drive and through a series of both unfortunate and fortunate events, she continued to follow her passions, continued to develop herself to reach her fullest potential. And and as we know, like first she started out like on a, I think it was a, a news station and then she got picked up to do the, the, the show that most people know her for, the Oprah Winfrey show. And then from that, she started to interview and meet influential people. She started to develop herself even more. She started creating companies. She started ga- gaining influence and you know, the rest is history. The point is, none of these people came from great beginnings. And a lot of times, this, that doesn't mean that someone who's born into money or a highly educated family can't reach their full potential, but in some ways, adversity actually helps people reach their, their polymathic potential. Uh, because when you, let's look at it conversely or contrastingly, when you do have everything given to you, what incentive is there for you to better yourself? And in some cases, uh, you know, if you, if you look in psych, the psychology realm, my wife is actually, she, I'm a psychology minor and my wife is actually going to school for therapy and she, she, we have discussed long discussions about this all the time, but a lot of people with disorders, uh, a lot of time they stem from the fact that uh, you, the ego, okay? This like self-centered type of narcissism and it was formed very early on. Most, most of our traumas and, and stuff on, from an early age are the things that affect us the most. And um, believe it or not, trust fund babies, people like that, uh, they're sometimes in worse situations than we are because their fa- their their true their biological parents are always gone they don't get paid attention enough i mean you could go on and on everybody has issues whether you come from rich or poor all i'm saying is that adversity can sometimes help someone reach their full potential if they embrace it uh, that is a, a topic for another day I've, I've already started ranting and it's only podcast one but hopefully now you have an idea of what a polymath is uh, i brought up steve jobs as well the reason why i bring him up is because again here's somebody he it's not like he was born a genius he wasn't born with a lot of money he he scrapped in order to get his computer company off the ground and i'm pretty sure i heard a story that like he he like sold his car in order to fund some part of the business in the early days but the thing that's most interesting about Steve Jobs when we're considering the polymathic mindset is if we go back to you know changing the way people do things and making groundbreaking progress, for years, everybody who lived you know in the, I guess, 2006 and, and before, all we did was like we would watch TV on a TV. We would listen to radio on a radio, or maybe a CD player, we'd listen to music. We would call people on a telephone. We would do computer work on a computer. 
They're all separate entities. But Steve Jobs said, hey, like, you know, I'm, I'm in this technology field. I have a lot of resources at, at my command. What if we did all those things that people do and just put them in one device that they could bring with them wherever they go? And through that idea and following his passions and his intuition, he was able to create the iPhone. And I'm not saying that the iPhone is like the end-all be-all, but that device fundamentally changed the way that we as humans interact with each other and the world. And since then, it's just continued to develop. Though that is a polymath, that, that idea and that result came from a polymathic mindset. So some of you guys might be saying, okay, so, so what, is a, what is the opposite of a polymathic mindset? That is what we call the monomathic mindset, okay? Mono meaning one, so a one expertise, one skilled person. And interestingly enough, that this has only been perpetuated since the early 1900s when America and the rest of the world start to become, started to become industrialized and we started having like factory lines and things like this where as a worker, instead of working on a farm or owning your own shop where you were kind of like, a, you know, you were, you were a polymath in the sense like you had to, you were the person who was farming the, the materials or maybe not you, but like the family, they were farming the materials, they were cultivating them, they were taking them out into the town to sell so they, they, were, they were marketing, they were selling. I mean, there, all these things, or maybe you're a shop owner. People were running their own businesses or farms before that. And then the Industrial Revolution came along and people like Henry Ford, and I'm not hating, like he did, a, he also created some amazing things for the time. But the aftermath of the Industrial Revolution is that people started leaving their their businesses their home businesses in order to go and work at a, a stable steady job on the industrial line on the factory line and for a for nearly a hundred years that worked really well particularly in america and 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 actually if we look at like south korea their boom from being like a, a third world country to a first world country is highly predicated on their ability to industrialize very quickly. So uh, there's, there's benefits to the monomathic mindset, but essentially what happened is it pigeonholed a person into being just a, like an expert at one thing. You know, I, I am the person who checks that the car chassis, I'm the person who checks the car engine and that's the only thing I know. I don't know how to sell, I don't know how to make the parts, I don't know how to market them, uh, none of this stuff, right? And the benefit to them was they were making more money, the job was stable, and in a lot of these companies, they were offered pensions and retirement. So, you know, things were good for that time period. But then what happened? Then the computer revolution came and the internet revolution 
And then the world got flipped back on its side and the pendulum shifted back to the polymathic mindset. Why? Because now with computers and the internet and technology, more advanced robots, now machines can do a lot of those monotonous jobs that don't require real thought. A lot of the repetitive jobs that humans were doing. And so then what do we see? We see like with the advent of the computer and the machines working together, human jobs starting to get replaced. And a lot of people even nowadays complain about this, even though it's been going on now for decades, uh, they complain whenever a job is taken by a machine or a computer, but they should be rejoicing. That's what a polymath would do because polymaths know that the real talent lies. The real special thing about a human being is their ability to imagine and think outside of the box and take knowledge and information and rearrange it and then apply it in a new way or to a new thing in a different way. That is that is what separates us from animals and machines. That is the human trait. That is the polymathic trait. And, um, and so, for example, one of my favorite quotes from Earl Nightingale is that jobs don't have futures. People do. And that's a very powerful quote, and it totally embodies the, the idea of what a polymath truly is. People who are reaching their fullest potential in whatever fields that they're into, they're the ones that are the movers, the shakers, the ones that are able to make uh, big groundbreaking improvements. And again, like I know I brought up Steve Jobs, I brought up Oprah, I brought up uh, Arnold and, and other Einstein. Those are just like well-recognized ones. You don't have to be a genius like Einstein or a or a blockbuster movie star like like Arnold. You don't have to be a billionaire like Oprah. You don't have to be a techno technological guru like Steve Jobs. Whatever field you're in and in whatever you do, and the thing is, you're, everybody's constantly evolving. All those individuals I just named, except for Steve Jobs, because of course he passed away, and well, and Einstein, but throughout their lives, they continue to evolve. It's not like, it's not like um, Arnold became the world's best bodybuilder and then just stopped. Because by that time, his world had changed so much that so did his interests and desires. And so then he continued to follow them into new worlds. And because he did that, because he didn't listen to all the naysayers, he was able to continue to evolve. And the one thing that we have learned in the last few years, a uh, few decades, uh, with regards to science is that those animals, those creatures, those organisms that adapt are the ones that are the most successful in life. So if we apply that to the, the world that we live in, that is the polymathic mindset. It's constantly adapting, changing, and evolving. The Marines, one of the Marines' mottos, I used to be in the military. I was not a Marine, 
but I have a lot of good friends who are Marines and I have a lot of respect for the Marines. And one of their mottos that has always stuck, stuck with me that I think is very, very true is adapt and overcome, right? Life is unfair. The world is constantly changing. Something that was, that was a truth today may no longer hold any uh, power in, or something that was a truth yesterday may, may no longer hold any power or significance today. And so we have to constantly adapt and overcome those new challenges that are set ahead of us, okay? Our job in this current generation is not to solve the problems of yesterday. They're to solve the problems of today and tomorrow. And for that, we need a polymathic mindset. So now that I went on a huge rant, way longer than I thought, but I'm glad. It was good, it was good content, I think, valuable for everybody. Um, now, let me give you guys an idea as we, as we wrap up this session, what to expect from the channel. Obviously, I just demonstrated like what some of the material is that, that I talk about, that's polymathics, but we're not always gonna talk about like the polymathic paradigm. We're gonna discuss different approaches and things like that, try to use different examples. And of course, I'm gonna pull from my own personal life. As I said before, I'm an author, I write fiction and nonfiction, I also own a publishing company. I help other people write books. Why? Because I believe that storytelling is one of the most fundamental skills across the board that every single individual needs, no matter who you are. No matter who you are, no matter if you're a mom telling a story to your kid at night, or you're a guy or a girl going out to the club looking for a partner, or like I said, you're an entrepreneur that wants to write a book, or you're an aspiring author, no matter who you are, storytelling skills are one of the most valuable. It's the oldest art form in the world. Why? Because it's the most powerful art form in the world. So that's one of the major things we're gonna discuss. Communication skills fall along with that. Um, health, of course, because there's a mind-body connection and the thing that I think is very interesting is that if you look at those who are academics, a lot of times they'll point to um, knowledge helping people, for example, like new scientific discoveries in health and physiology, helping people quote unquote hack their bodies so that they can live longer, so that they can be more athletic. But on the flip side, uh, I would also make an argument that, you know, or not even on the flip side, contrastingly, if we look at the fitness industry, they're big proponents of working out helps you keep your mind fresh and clear and alert. And honestly, it's like a yin and yang relationship. They're constant, they're both part of a bigger picture and they're, they're intertwined. The more that you, keep up with your health, the more that you, your mind is clear and the more that your mind is clear and you learn new things, the more you're going to be able to take your body to the next level. So though, that's just a couple, uh, couple things that we touch on. Uh, I'm going to use a lot of pop culture references. I was brought up in the 80s. I'm an 80s kid. Transformers, Star Wars, The Goonies, 
Princess Bride, you're going to hear tons of references, no doubt. Video games, even up to today, Mortal Kombat, God of War. And you guys may be thinking, like, how does all of that tie in? Well, one, tune in to find out. But two, I promise you, the reason why we look at these things is because I'm, for example, uh, one of my passions, I'm, I'm a powerlifting enthusiast. I've, I've never gone to an official powerlifting show or a powerlifting meet, but I love powerlifting. I follow a lot of the people. I love, that's the kind of workouts that I do. But interestingly enough, there are so many lessons that you can learn in the gym that directly apply to various aspects of life, including for all the writers out there, because you know I'm a writer, including writing, okay? So, so those are just a few of the topics we'll discuss. I hope that sounds interesting. I'm really excited to start a podcast. I've been wanting to for a while. I had to do a, a little bit of research and I drug my feet on exactly like what the process was and things like that but now I'm finally you know diving in deep so I'm really excited I think it's gonna go great and uh, let me just end with I'll end with a couple things um, one if you if you like this of course subscribe keep listening in I promise there's gonna be a ton more of content and we're gonna go into all different directions uh, two if you like what you hear and you want to hear more and, and the podcast right now it's so new there isn't enough stuff uh feel free to check out my youtube channel it's all you got to do is look up josh coker it'll come up there's tons of videos on there that t- touch on these topics and then um if you want to check out any of my books if you're a writer possibly and you're you're looking to write fiction uh i have some books on that again josh coker at amazon and um, I'm on all the social media. Most of my social media uh, usernames are at uh, Josh Miss Prime. J-O-S-H-U-M-U-S-P-R-I-M-E. Just like Optimus Prime, but Josh Miss Prime. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Josh Coker from Polymathics, the YouTube channel that helps you become a modern-day renaissance man so that you can reach your fullest potential. I'd like to leave you with a quote from one of my favorites, from the master himself, Leonardo da Vinci, he said that the ultimate mastery, and I'm paraphrasing, but the ultimate mastery is the mastery of oneself. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and I will see you soon.